This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show, an Easter bonanza, a double header. But it was a happy Easter, all in all, for Bristol City. Four points from the two games, January transfer window, lads, Cornick and Metty on the score sheet for the first time. And any concerns of City letting the season peter out were put to bed with two spirited performances. Matt, you were at both games, up at Stoke and then at Middlesbrough. I watched the Stoke game poolside in Grand Canaria and watched the Middlesbrough game this morning on uh, a a recording from Sky Sports. So enjoyed both games and uh, your thoughts, please, on both those games. Yeah, very enjoyable. Um, Aside from probably the first 20 minutes at Stoke, where we just didn't seem to have a clue, couldn't string two passes together. Um, had Stoke been a little bit more on their game with the final ball, we we could easily have been out of sight from getting into the game. And then from that point, we played some really, really good football. Second half at Stoke, and then I thought all of the game yesterday at Middlesbrough, um, really entertaining game. And, and it's a kind of game, yes, you're disappointed that you end up drawing 2-2, having been 2-0 up, but you also recognise the team you're playing against and the run of form that they have been on. I know they'd lost their last two, but still, you know, very good side. So all in all, you know, four points was great. And if if someone had said, you know, four points from your Easter weekend, you would have gone, yeah, I'll take a point at Stoke mm-hmm. and a win against Borough. You'd have been happy, wouldn't you? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was um, a, a good weekend. And like you said, Patch, that they're actually sh- putting into um, action what Pearson is saying about not letting it peter out and trying to go for it. So, yeah, well, I was impressed. It'd be a real shame to sort of lose any momentum that we've got in the sort of good performances to go into next season, to go into pre-season even. I think it's pre-season because you want players to join you because they can see the progress being made, the the sort of football that you want to play. The finishing Um, position in the league table. Exactly. Um, You know, and and for all of the, the, the people that are still questioning Nigel Pearson, and there are still quite a few, um, you know, if, if we do finish, the same position and only a few points above where we are, you could argue, or there will be an argument as is that progress. So yeah, you know, to finish, I don't know where, where we'll finish massively higher than we did league position wise, but certainly points wise, we could be a good 10, 12 points above where we were. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, it's, I, I, again, you know, go back to it. I thought it was a, a weekend of, of really good football from city and some good performances. Yeah, we've just had an announcement on BBC Radio Bristol. It would be uh, wrong not to talk about that very quickly, Matt. So uh, after 30 years, Jeff Twentyman has hung up his boots or will be hanging up his boots um, in May. And if it wasn't for Jeff Twentyman and Sound of the City, I'm not sure this podcast would exist. No, we wouldn't have met, mate, would we? No. Um, well, maybe, maybe um, from across across the uh, a crowded south stand, yeah, we, we wouldn't poss- have interacted. Possibly, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't have interacted, <laughs> would we? And you know, we were sat in that sh- in the the reception, weren't we? Waiting area, mm. got talking about St Ives in uh, realised our kind of connection in terms of the the things there. And yeah, um, Jeff's a gas head. You know, he, he he came from from Preston down to the Rovers. Um, 
but he is one of those blokes that you you just wouldn't know. He transcends blue and red, doesn't he, from that point of view. Mm. Um, a really nice bloke, you know, like you, have had the pleasure of spending a lot of time in his company. Um, you know, he's great to talk to um, and he, he's going to be a mess. And, and you know, I Sound of the City is a programme, not, not just because of being involved at times as well, or taking part, I should say, not being involved, but taking part. Um, but as a football fan and a Bristol City fan, it was really good to listen to other fans' views, you know, and we don't all agree, of course we don't, um, but you like to listen to other fans, don't you? So it's a real shame that Jeff's, Jeff's leaving and it'd be interesting to see what, what Radio Bristol or BBC end up deciding to do because it's, uh, yeah, mm. it's a big show, I'm sure it is for them. Absolutely, yeah. So all the very best um, to Jeff, who's I think is going to just spend a bit more time with his grandchildren by the yeah, sounds of it. He's, Three he's and grand- one on the way grandson on the way yeah which he said yeah. that hopefully he's not going to be called jeffrey which, you know. <laughs> yeah and um for those who want to know more about jeff Twentyman's career um we did a podcast with him episode 106 back during the, the midst of covid that one um but i'm sure we will hear from jeff Twentyman again soon and maybe even he'll come on the bonus show after watching a a city match right yeah, that'd be good wouldn't it yeah absolutely let's bring in our guest and as as you know matt it was wrestlemania weekend weekend oh, gone by what, what a weekend and bang bang podcast returned with a triumphant episode featuring I, i'd like to call him the matt withers and rich brown times 10 in terms of anger issues uh oh. steve um quite an entertaining podcast that one it's andy hall andy how are you sir Good evening. Thank you, Patch. Yeah, it's great to be back on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's a City fan as well, Steve. He talks about it sometimes. He's he's one of those guys, actually, in real life. He's actually he's not that much different in real life. To be honest. <laughs> he's, he's pretty much the same. But he does get quite passionate about stuff. I don't think he's that bothered about wrestling anymore. He just comes on to have a rant and get all of his uh, issues he out. He still knows his stuff, doesn't he? Oh, he knows his stuff, yeah, yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, he tells a story about being at a party once in... Wayne Allison was doing the dishes. Uh, he told that story about four or five times on the show. But uh, but yeah, he's an old, Rock old and roll. school City fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, did you enjoy WrestleMania, Patch? Um, I'm going to give it a six out of ten, Andy, uh-huh. I think. Um, yeah, it's a bit, little bit disappointing in places. But let's talk in a six out of ten. How are you out of ten in yourself? Um, I'm probably a, a six or a seven. So... I'm supposed to be in Ilfricum this week with the family, but right. uh, as you can see, you're we've not. Got, um, as you can see, I'm not. No, no. But we uh, we kind of inherited a, a puppy a couple of months ago, and um, not being au fait with dogs and their menstrual cycle, I'm sure Patrick will cut this out later. <laughs> but uh, she uh, Tilly managed to come into season about a week ago. Um, so we. We were going to take her with us. We we're sitting in a house in Ilfracombe. There's quite a few of us. Uh, we didn't want to take her with us um, because of that. And we didn't want to put her in kennels because she's still getting used to being here and it being a bit funny with her being in season. So they've all gone away and I've stayed at home with the dog. And you oh, get so, to, you get yeah. to come on um, on Three Peeps in a Podcast Easter bonus double header special. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a strange. I was, I was one of those things. I was like, actually, quite nice to have the house to myself uh yeah. for a week living the dream and mate yeah. then actually after three or four days it's been like i do know i kind of miss everybody <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I i found then so my, my missus went away um 
last year with her friend for a week. Yeah. Um, and I've discovered that she's the one who makes most of the mess. Um, yeah, the, be- sure. the bed, I, the bed, I can literally just pull the duvet back and it's like no one slept in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so, all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah not for a good reason. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going off on a tangent. I have to pull this one back. Yeah. Um, sure, right. Sure. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to probably be a seven out of 10. First day back at work after a week off of all-inclusive eating and drinking and pooling. So, um, yeah, it was hard to go back to work today after that type of holiday, just complete relaxation, complete, you know, not having to do anything. But highly recommend it if anyone's looking for something. Uh, went with Tui, went to Gran Canaria, and it was um, a, a, the Rui Palmeras, I think it was. Um, if anyone's genuinely interested, then get in touch and I'll give them the details. But, uh, yeah, fantastic. Really nice hotel. So 7 out of 10, Matt, yourself? Probably, I mean, probably a six on the, the Jeff news. But before that, I was an, an eight. Um, yeah, no, I had a good, good, good weekend. Uh, busy day today, but now all good. And uh, yeah, so I'm probably an eight. And just to add, uh, many happy returns to uh, to Mrs. Warner as well. Thank you very much. Yes, she's um, had her birthday yesterday whilst flying most of it back home. Um, right, let's get to, we're going to try and keep these as separate as possible. So we're going to hit Stoke first of all. And one change, Matt, it was Mehmeti out and Bell in. So we had O'Leary, Tanner, Viner, Pring, De Silva, James, Taylor Clark, Vyman, Bell, Conway and Wells. So one change there, Bell coming back in. Yeah, I think he was he was looking at pace. Um, they'd obviously studied Stoke the way they played, and and just thought that that Sam Bell would be able to get at them. So um, there was a little bit of a a question mark, I think, from fans because of some of the, what Nigel Pearson had said in the last couple of weeks. Would we would we see Naismith? Would we see Scott? Would we see Callas? As it was, none of them were were mm. even on the bench. So yeah, I think right. the the change was probably one one expected. Okay, right, we'll get straight into the game then. So no real uh, notes from me for the first 18 minutes, but uh, there was an injury um, to Omar Rivaldo Taylor-Clark, Andy, and uh, Andy King came on. Yeah, in our little group chat, I've been probably one of the more critical people of Andy King, ridiculing him slightly. But, I mean, he made a difference when he came on on Saturday, uh, Friday, definitely made a difference when we get to the next game as well. I think considering he probably wasn't expecting to play that many games himself this season, being more of a coaching role, he's, you can't fault the guy really. You know, he's, when he had to come in and play at centre half as well at times, he probably did a bit too well that first time he played there and ended up staying there a bit longer than he should have done. But um, yeah, for a, for a guy that wasn't expected to play that big a part, he's, you can't really fault him when he's come in. Yeah, that great point. And Andy King came on the first sort of, uh, say, 18 minutes. It was all a bit sloppy, lots of passes going astray. No one could get hold of the ball. And Andy King came on and him working alongside Matty James just seems to sort of give that a bit of cement, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, what what he does do is everything simply. Doesn't sort of overcomplicate things. And, and we'll, we'll talk about sort of the, the second game, is, as Andy said where I don't think that was necessarily the case with some other players. Um, but yeah, he came on and and in all honesty, was a, a bit of a game changer. You know, up until that point, we were getting overrun. Omar was was really not seeing anything of the ball. Um, it was a strange one, his injury. It looked looked like a sort of a, a pull and he was down. But then to find that he was then on the bench two days later, yeah. obviously, you know, may, maybe he just felt something and thought I better 
um, let the bench know, or maybe he realised he was getting overrun, <laughs> and it was a tactical one. But yeah, Andy King came on and, and you know really didn't put a foot wrong. He was excellent. Yeah, we saw the reason why Sam Bell was selected in the 21st minute. It was a long throw out from Max O'Leary to Bell. He knocks it past his man. He gets taken out, but no foul, which was really strange. Then shortly after that, he does get to the byline, pulls it back, and it's good defending from Stoke to divert it away from a non-running City striker. So Andy, Sam Bell, we've seen shades of that. Obviously, we saw that goal at Stoke away, but in this game, he was getting some real joy down the left. Yeah, I could see why... And Matt said earlier why Nigel brought him in for this game because in a game where we're going to be probably having less of the ball, having to hit teams on the counter-attack, he's more direct than Mametti in a similar way to we probably get to at some point. But with Vyman playing in the 10 rather than Alex Scott, again, it's quicker, it's more direct. And when we haven't got the ball and we're trying to play on the counter, I think that helps. That makes a big difference. I can see why he selected him rather than Alice in this case. Mm. Yep, 25th minute, Matt Tanner, long sorry, ball sorry, forward. Patch, sorry to interrupt. Um, Got to say, that challenge that you Yeah, what about, was that all about? It, it, incredulous that it wasn't a booking and then to not even get the foul and the ref was looking right at him. It was that little, oh, I nearly said it, but Pearson. <laughs> ben Pearson, ex-Preston North End. I think he's on loan at Stoke from Bournemouth. Right. But it, Bell was clean, but clean pair of heels and he Took just him take, takes him out. Yeah, and for the ref... Not to give it as a free kick and then certainly should have been a booking was just ridiculous. I shouted quite loud and the lifeguard came over to check their him as well. But it's, do you know, it's that kind of decision though that make make us as football fans really question what's going on from a, a refereeing point of view. And I know, you know, Lee, a friend of the show, is a, a ref as well. But that does, does nothing when it's such a blatant decision mm. like that. What's the assistant doing in that situation? He's looking, that's all he's got to be doing is looking at it. So, yeah, crazy, crazy decision. Yeah, yeah 25th minute, Tang along, ball forward, eventually gets to Wells via Vyman, who kind of ducks out of the way of it. And Wells is through on goal, Matt. And, I mean, I would have put big money if you'd have given me the option of saying, is this going in or not? But it goes wide. He takes it left-footed, but, yeah, wide. But from the, the far end, so we we were obviously the, the away end at Stoke, we were playing away from the away end. Um, and we thought when we saw it go wide that his first touch had been too heavy, that the keeper had closed him down and he had to kind of get his shot away. When when I've watched it back, everything's right with it. He takes a perfect touch. As you say, Andy Vyman, I think more luck than judgment, doesn't get a touch. So the ball, he's, you know, he's onside. And yeah, I don't I, I don't know why he goes left-footed, for one, because he had time to, to put it with his right um, and then doesn't even hit the target. So yeah, it was it was a poor, poor miss. Yeah. 32nd minute, Bell and De Silva linking up very well. Uh, King King to James, he spots the run of Andy Vyman, but he can't quite flick it over the keeper, Andy. It was more of a shoulder than a head, but great vision from Matty James to to find Andy Vyman. Yeah, yeah. And again, I've, I've not, I'm doing myself down on this. <laughs> I've not always been the biggest fan of uh, Matty James either, but this season when he's, yeah, you know, he had that quite long run in the team. And you should have, importantly, is in the team. We haven't got the likes of Scott in the team. You need your know, Matty James, Andy King to be playing those incisive passes. Um, and yeah, that was, that was good. And it was just, I think, it just a bit more Wyman. If he'd got a better contact, would have looped in and over. But yeah. yeah. Again, it seems Matt, to be one he, that he headed onto his shoulder. It wasn't yeah. a clean yeah. header, was it? Yeah. Again, you'd put good money on Andy Vyman to, to lift that one over the keeper. Def- definitely. And 
And again, watching it back, you you saw just how good a pass it was from Matty Jeans because the ball, you know, the, the play is kind of going the other way when he picks up and he reverses it for Vyman's run, spots it brilliantly. And yeah, he just doesn't get a clean header. Any Anything, as Andy said, anything with firm contact, because the, the keeper's in no man's land, really, um, and gets away with one, doesn't he? Yeah. 36th minute, a quick move. Wilmot from defence with a diagonal ball to Campbell. He crosses it in for Powell for 1-0. And Matt, just as we are coming into the game, they score. And it was such a quick move, wasn't it? Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the long diag, they were playing that quite often. Um, and George was closer than I thought he was for, on, on first looking. Um, but it was Campbell's touch and then the first time ball that took George out of the equation. And Cam, Cam Pringer just lost his runner. I mean, the midfield as well. You know, Nick Powell's running from that. No one picks him up. It's a it's a good finish. He's not, you know, he's not on mm. the line, is he, to finish it? He's got to make sure of it. But yeah, I, I think sometimes it it wasn't the greatest defending, but the the, the ball from Campbell, who looked really impressive, I thought Tyrese Campbell. Um, that was the, the the killer ball really that made the difference. Yeah, 43rd minute, Andy, a nice, strong, right-handed save from Max O'Leary after a deep cross and a strong header. So really important just before the break that Max kept that one out. Yeah, it was good. I actually watched him back on the highlights with Mark Sykes was the co-commentator, and he seemed to be, some of the co-commentators can be a bit boring and monotonous, whereas he was like, calling a spade a spade at times. Yeah, he was. he was like, we need to hang on now and just get to halftime because we, yeah. since we conceded the goal, we went to pot. But uh, yeah, it, was only, it turned out to be a vital save in the end, didn't it? Yeah, very good. And Max can do that, can he? He can pull out those great saves and he's got a nice strong wrist, strong hand to 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 keep them out. And it's it's great to see. Right, halftime summary from Rob. A half that totally encapsulated a familiar storyline for City. Second best for the first 20. Then following Taylor Clark's withdrawal through injury, we got into the game with some really slick passing and moving for 10 to 15 minutes, but failed to make the most of it with two guilt-edged chances passed up. Lo and behold, almost instantly, we then seemed to switch off at the back with Powell rounding off a simple incisive move with a composed finish with that our ascendancy was relinquished and stoke grew in confidence and saw out the rest of the half mostly on the front foot again typical city here's hoping we can wrestle back the initiative again in the second half but be more clinical if we do and we saw a change matt conway coming off cornick coming on conway's um had had some ice on his ankle i think yes um yeah. bit of an impact injury but he was always planned that he was coming off after 45 but it wasn't planned that he would get a bit of a knock no no um i mean obviously he played 60 in the game before um but nigel pearson referenced that he was only going to play 45 um but yeah i think i think the knock definitely played into that um and it, and tom you know i'm a massive tommy conway fan he wasn't having the influence on the game um so again i think even tactically it wouldn't have been the worst move in the world 53rd minute, Tanner Cross is terrific. And we said that a few times lately. Into yeah. the box and Vyman knocks it into the net, but is a judged offside. I've not been able to see this from any angle on TV at the time or in the re replays or anything. And so, Matt, as you were the only one there, did you think it was offside? Yeah, I think there was someone like 1,100 of us there, but out of the three of us, I was the only one there. You're right. Um, at <laughs> the time, no, but you, you know, me immediately, whenever there's a goal like that, my first reaction is to look at the, the linesman, the flag went straight up. Um, he was obviously convinced it was, um, like you said, I've, I've watched it back and I think because of the sunlight, and yeah, the God, we that was a nightmare. 
those I had yellow sunlight shirts. on the iPad, sunlight <laughs> yeah. on the pitch. I had no chance. No, you didn't. Um, but yeah, it looked it looked very close. It looked very close. Okay. 72nd minute, ball in from Bell and a lovely header from Zach Viner. First goal of the season. So well deserved, Andy, for the season he's been having. But great delivery from Sam Bell. Yeah, it was good. It's, it's the part of Sam Bell's game, which we don't really talk about that much. Is, is We talk about his pace and his finishing, but it's actually good. To, him and Tommy Conway, actually, both from wide positions, are probably yeah. two of our best crosses of the ball. So he must be doing something right the academy. Um, but yeah, great to see Zach get the goal, especially I think the last few weeks he's probably been on the decline. Like his confidence has taken a bit of a knock the last few weeks, some of the games. So yeah, great moment for him to score. Matt, how did you receive that goal in the away end? Uh, very much sha la 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 la. Oh, Zach Viner. Um, very good. And, and I, I did get feedback that that may not be being played when the uh, the teams get. Well, I then, um, you know, I only play it when Zach scores seven or more. Ah, uh, fair enough. All right, but <laughs> well, lesson learned for um, for Miss Jones who pointed that out to me. Um, yeah, the important thing as well on that goal was the the ball from Matty James and Harry Cornick's physicality that then meant the the ball broke to Sam Bell. Um, Cornick's had a lot of stick. You know, we we've been, I think quite kind in terms of saying, you know, we're not going to judge him until pre-season and next season. Thank goodness. Um, but we recognise the fact that he hasn't hit the ground running, has he? Um, but he, like Andy King, he helped change the game against Stoke. Um, his physical presence and his, and his running, but he was running more with a purpose and actually contributing than, than just sort of, oh yeah, he's got a good engine. Um, so yeah, it was important that he got that. And, and like Andy said, the, the ball from Bell, you know, you'd like to think they must be saying to the likes of Jada Silva and Mark Sykes and stuff, look, lads, look, this is how we want, as a striker, this is how we want the ball crossed in. Yeah, lofted. Um, yeah, and Viners, what was brilliant, Patch, we were kind of on the angle directly behind it. So you yeah. can see the ball coming in, you just see Zach sort of lift his head and, and nod it over the top. Great he, technique, to be fair. As soon as, he, as soon as he connected, you knew it was in. Um, and he went crazy, Zach Viner, running behind the goal and then celebrating. So, yeah, yeah it was brilliant. I think they've both got that kind of thing. If you watch, I know it's a different level, with Harry Kane. Harry Kane gets the ball out wide, then he'll cross the ball, but he'll give it a proper, it's not like a floated sort of nope. like, commitment, and he drives yep. it across, does it quickly, first time sometimes. And I've seen Sam Bell and Tommy Conway both do that. That's a really good point, though, and because if that ball is just crossed in, Zach Viner's not able to get the, the purchase on it because literally it's just his connection. Get the connection and the speed's all on the ball, isn't it? So, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. 80th minute, Mametti comes on for Sam Bell. And Andy, it's great that we've got a player like Mametti to come on at that point. When it's 1-1, he's got lots of energy. He wants to take the ball on. He wants to cause problems. So great to bring him on in the 80th minute. Yeah, same, same as Corn uh, Cornick is, is having those options. We've not, obviously, the other positions on the pitch, we haven't got the options. But in that front three, as it is at the moment, there are different options, different types of players. So to, depending on the situation, you can make the change and, you know, and and depending on the game, you can pick different combinations of that three. And to bring on someone like Anis, I mean, especially if you're winning the game, that kind of thing as well. You can imagine him dribbling the ball down to the corner, keeping it in the corner. That's that's probably his, one of his strengths, isn't it? He doesn't tend to go that far with the ball, but he's, he's good at dribbling it and, and containing the ball. So, uh, yeah, it was a good, well, it turned out to be a really good change to make. 
did. 85th minute, Matt. It's Vyman setting Wells away with a nutmeg pass. Lovely. He squares it to Mehmeti, perfectly uh, squared across, and he taps it in for his first goal for Bristol City. A tap-in um, is probably a little bit harsh. It was He had yeah, a bit more to do, um, but composed finish, I'll, I'll change it to. Yes, and it's easy to miss those because he's watching the ball come across, and and as you say, Patch, it had to be a perfectly weighted pass. Yeah, you could see it playing to, out, couldn't you? Yeah, had to be behind. But again, from being in the away end, Naki Wells had actually been challenged just before and had gone to ground, and then just got up just in time for when Vyman won the ball to be able to slip it through. But great, great one from Naki, and yeah, an absolutely perfectly weighted pass. And all Anis has got to do is compose himself to to make sure he gets the right connection. Um, and yeah, it went. I mean, you you, you were there for the Jada Silva goal last season. It went ballistic. Yeah, I, I know you got the bunts as well, but yeah, it went <laughs> it went went ballistic. Just a, an incredible atmosphere from a game like I said that in the first 15, 20 minutes you thought you're getting a hammer in, and then we're coming away thinking, God, we're two one now. We can we hold on to it? I put on Twitter no Jada Silva goal. Um, Mehmeti gets his first one and someone put was Jay De Silva expected to score and I had to explain <laughs> explain what I was talking about yeah. Um, but yeah that took us to the end of the game and a 2-1 win away at Stoke which I think has been a good hunting ground Andy for Fifth. us in recent times yeah, that's five in, five in a row yeah yeah, 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 five in um, a row. yeah I can remember sneaking a few one nils when Johnson was in charge yeah up there um, it's strange isn't it it's cause, I mean to be fair they, since they've come down they've been pretty mediocre and nice stoke but always used to be the when in the premier league it was always a fabled difficult place to go to wasn't it stoke but we don't yeah. seem to find many problems with it really it's, it's, it's not a bad away day is it it's not too far it's decent well, um yeah we um we had a bit of traffic going up on the m5 there was a, an accident so it's a little bit slower than, than we thought but yeah we parked where we parked before on the the industrial mm-hmm. estate um and there's a, a little harvester pub there so we we booked yeah. a table for that um, so no, it was it was good, and and but it it's another one of those new grains which built in an industrial sort of area just doesn't have much going on around options, it. Is no, there? but there's no there's no kind of atmosphere or in and around it. Um, and again, you know, I look back at you know wanting a new ground over it at Ashton Vale, but Ashton Gate is just a, a brilliant, brilliant setup, especially for a home fan. But even away fans talk about the atmosphere in that at Ashton Gate. So, yeah, it's a bit, a bit, bit soulless from that point of view, Stoke. Yeah, but uh, a two-one win. Um, two-one win, I, as you say. Uh, not many would have predicted that, and nope. in fact, no, no one did. I don't think on a, on our accumulator. Um, but uh, yeah, n- good, good result nonetheless, and. Uh, I celebrated with um, another six or seven uh, oh, free yeah. beverages on the all-inclusive. But um, uh, yeah, Matt, let's do the ratings for, for that right. game. I'll, I'll race through them, but shout, shout if you've got any... Uh, any. Uh, well, they're favorites. already published in the evening. They're posts, already published. So. I'm not going to change them. So yeah. So yeah. Um, Max, I went six. Uh, Zach, I went eight. thought Zach had a... A lot of people's man in the match, Zach. Um, but he did. He did have a couple of. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, Zach, oh, no. He did have a couple of little moments in the, the early sort of stages. So uh, yeah, George Tanner, another impressive game. George is just so consistent. He is, isn't he? Uh, he really is. And and like you said, Patch, his quality on the board is crossing. Um, you know, he's he's the sort of player I'd, I'd like to think it will come with age. But when he gets more confident. 
and that might come with more games. You can see this in, in being a player of the ilk of Joe Bryan and someone like that that we'll talk about, God, what a right-back he was, you know. Mm. Might finally have a right-back to rival Bradley Orr from, mm. you know, when people talk about right-backs. Um, Cam Pring, I went six. He had a bit of an uncomfortable afternoon, Cam, at times. Um, so, yeah, I went six. Jada Silva was outstanding. Um, and actually, I've said eight. And when I say outstanding, that should probably be more than an eight. But it, it was an eight for Jay. But I thought he was brilliant. Um the cynic kind of, you know, and there were plenty of them saying, oh, well, he's out of contract. He's playing for a contract or he knows he's going to move on in. I think if he knows he's going to move on and if something was lined up, he's not going to play like that. I just think it's a bloke at the moment who's full of confidence. Knows enjoying in, himself. Knows that he's in the team and he's enjoying himself. But mm. he's playing the best football I think I've seen Jada Silva play at City at the moment. The last sort of three, four games, I really do. But he's and Big he's gone back to, yeah, exactly. But he, he's gone back to what he was like and why we signed him when he came on loan. Exactly. He's not he's not in there just to defend or give the ball. He's attacking now and he's doing that. He's got brilliant feet, hasn't he? Quick feet that he, yep. he jinks between both feet and he then comes away with the ball when there's like three or four around him. So, yeah, it was a an eight and a man and a match performance from Jay. Um, equally, Andy King could have got man and a match. He came on. He was definitely a game changer for me. So it was an eight for Andy. Matty James, seven, consistent, um, really steady like Andy talked about. Andy Vyman, six, was was a, a good game from Andy, but no more, though, le no less. Tommy was a five. Um, obviously, only played 45 anyway, but but struggled to get the impact that we expect from him. Uh, Naki was a six. Sam Bell was an eight. And again, up there for a man of the match discussion. Um, and Cornick was a six. Good, um, a good display from Harry when he came on. And then finally, Omar Taylor Clark was a five. Obviously, he was only on for sort of twenty odd minutes, um, and did actually struggle a little bit, if I'm honest with you, within that. But uh, yeah, it was a five. So all in all, for that, it was an average of six point six two, and for Nige, it was a seven. Okay, right, lovely stuff. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me by email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Let's move on then uh, to Middlesbrough. Uh, which was yesterday as we as we talk um, and a couple of changes Andy we saw obviously Taylor Clark coming out Conway coming out and King and Cornick coming in so we lined up O'Leary Tanner Viner Pring De Silva James and King and then Vyman Cornick and Bell with Naki Wells up top your thoughts on that lineup I was, I was surprised initially I mean obviously Cornick played well when he came on so the, and the Taylor Clark 
if he was injured, then we only really had Andy King to come in, didn't we? There wasn't really many options there and the way he played. Um, so, yeah, I, I was my main, my main thought was whether the uh, Vyman was going to play wide or centrally in where him and Cornick played. That was the only really thing I was, I was thinking about going into it. But, yeah, you can't really argue with the, the team selection. So, Matt, we saw Cornick on the right, Bell on the left, um, Vyman in the middle and Wells up top, uh, which looks good. It's where Andy Vyman okay. should be. I think Bell, even though he's right-footed, I love it how he comes down the left-hand side. And, and Cornick, um, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about the game, but look good. Well, I think most most of us with, with Harry Cornick kind of questioned him being a nine because I just, I just don't see that. I've seen him play at Luton where he's playing on on the the you know wider the, the midfield on the right, and and I think that's his most dangerous position. Um, I think Tommy Conway can play in that ten, um, but I think it's Andy Vyman's best position from that point of view. So yeah, I think it was a good move. And like like Andy said, I'm not saying Andy Vyman would play in that role over Alex Scott. He wouldn't for me. But what he does give you is that little bit more speed than Alex Scott. Alex Scott is a is a a more intelligent, creative player, whereas Andy is in there and and he will cause problems because of his speed. Um, so all, all in all, the the one for me was was the Sam Bell and it's Mimetti. Um, because of Mimetti scoring, even though Sam had played really well, you kind of thought, oh, is he going to give Mimetti a go because he scored? Because we're playing Borough at home, mm-hmm. but he made the right call because Sam Bell was that good on on Good Friday that he deserved to start. Yeah. Um, and on the bench, Andy, Naismith returned. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see. We never, <clears throat> Nigel always plays it fairly close to his chest, only with when people are going to come back. And so he, he said, mentioned about Naismith, and that you said earlier that rumours maybe Scott might be involved somewhere. But um, yeah, just again, when we start getting these players back, actually, we've not got a bad squad whenever we're. No, Callas and Atkinson, etc. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to see you. Um, Okay, right. So third minute, Tanner coming forward on the right-hand side, crosses to Sam Bell. He opts to play inside instead of lashing one. And then Cornick has an opportunity, which is blocked. So Matt, first first three minutes and we're uh, we're going at him. Yeah, and Sam Bell does something again that you, you sort of say about your wingers in, you know, even, even from a youth coach point of view used to say it. But he, he does pull the ball back to the penalty spot. But we're not our, our on rushing I'd midfielders. I'd be lashing at that. Yeah, our on <laughs> rushing midfielders and strikers kind of haven't recognised that yet. So sometimes it looks like it's a bad ball from Sam, but actually it's not. It's where it should be. Like you, you hear all the pundits talk about. Oh yeah, he's pulled it back to the penalty spot. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good move and good to see Cornick involved as well early on. Yeah, yeah, it was a good good shot, well blocked, Andy. That yeah. one from Cornick. Yeah, I can see him becoming. You know, we, we have these sort of cult players over the years, haven't we? When they when they first signed, everybody was like, yeah. "Scott McGarvey." <laughs> oh yeah, but but yeah, actually, hopefully he'll turn out. I mean, Scott McGarvey started crap, and actually was crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the difference. Hopefully, he'll be one of those which actually everybody nobody kind of really rated him, and then yeah. as time goes on, he becomes actually a really important part of the squad. But see, obviously, he's played this level a lot of games for Luton, so he's he's got it. Yeah, it's just. I think again, his confidence and getting the goal and being part of the winning team, that sort of thing, it all helps. And uh, yeah, he's 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 going to be a valuable member of the squad if he keeps it up. Okay, eighth minute, Matt, an Akpom header. He was afforded a lot of space, um, and you know the commentary team on Sky Sports sort of said maybe it was the wind that just put him off a little bit, but you'd expect him to score that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the fullback's name was. Um, I ought to look out really because he was excellent for that. Uh, Giles, that he's on loan from oh. Wolves. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, he he was excellent, and it was an absolute perfect cross, and he just got it wrong at Pong, which. For a guy who's on the goals that he's on, mm. I think he's on 20-odd goals this season, yeah. um, it was a real surprise to see him miss it. I mean, it, yeah, it didn't even <laughs> didn't even trouble the, the, no. the target, did it? So, a real yeah. let-off, that one. Yeah. Uh, 12th minute, great closing down from Naki Wells. Leads to an opportunity for Andy Vyman. He opts to shoot instead of rolling it to Sam Bell. But, you know, every striker's going to take a shot there. Stefan makes a great save with a strong hand. Um, Matt, your thoughts on that one? Obviously, Sam Bell was well-placed, but Andy Vyman had a chance to shoot. Yeah, and it was a good save. I, I don't blame Vyman from that point of view. Um, it was a good save. And I think he's the lad on loan from Man City, the, the American that we were rumoured to be in for last year. Yes, going to say before, that, yeah. Before, or a year before, before he signed for, for Man City. But yeah, it was a good save. But no, I, I don't blame Vyman for the shot. No, 29th minute. Not for the first time. Jay De Silva picks out Sam Bell's run. He tries to peel it back to Cornick. Eventually goes for a corner. Um, the corner eventually does come in. And Andy, it's Jay De Silva with a right foot curler that just goes over the top. Yeah, yeah, I didn't expect that to be honest. No, I mean, but it's, it's a sign of confidence, isn't it? Mm. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have. A few months ago, you wouldn't even dreamt to do that. So it's a good thing, I suppose. And we always say, don't we? We don't shoot from outside the box, do we? Mm. So you can't really have a go. When but I loved, ball... I loved the, the the through ball as well. The fact that Sam Bell, Sam Bell made the run. The fact yeah. that Jada Silva spotted the run. Yeah, the timing of the ball was perfect. Yeah. Good understanding. But so Jay's probably played. Oh, I don't know. Maybe get on for maybe eight, eight nine, ten games in a row now at left back. Which mm. even when he was in great form. He didn't do that often because of Johnson fiddling around with the team or he'd be out injured or seven, seven games in a row. Seven games in a row. So yeah. that's for him in his city career. I mean, there was times when he well, the start of the season with Pearson was probably playing him ahead of Cam and he didn't he, he wasn't being very good. But this yeah, yeah and it's pressure now because he knows a, well, exactly he's yeah. for a new contract or Callas could return. Yeah, and if he's yeah. fit. And if everybody else comes back fit, then he's got to try and get ahead of campering. So he's he's got to put the performances in. Is it? I, I'm sorry to do this to you, Matt, but Cam. So Callas comes back in. Does campering go to left back, or does Jada Silva keep his place? Um. So a fit Callas doesn't come straight back in for me at the moment. If he um, comes with, back in, the way, if if he does, then <laughs> I think I think you'd have to go Cam at left back because of of, of his performances prior to that but it would be really really harsh on Jay I think part of the other thing that comes into the equation and and we saw this with Masengo if okay. Jay Jay isn't going to be signing a new contract and, and I, I don't know if he's been offered one for, for a start but it looked very much like he was out the door in January didn't it on mm. transfer deadline day I think had we signed the lad from Wimbledon Jay would have gone um, and it was it was a question I posed in, in my Bristol Live fans column the weekend um, whether, you know, if if Jay now, if he was willing to accept a reduction in wages, which we know would have to be the case, because that's been the case for, for Naki Wells, etc., would you offer him a new contract? And and I'd say on the feedback, it's probably 80, 90% that they would. Um, but also to the same equation, people are saying, yeah, but he's not consistent enough with it. I would say that certainly the last three or four games he has been, um, but yeah, he would have to find that form. But I, I don't know whether we will be offering him a contract. 
No, okay, and issue with Callas as well. I, I, I'll be surprised if we see Callas again, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, A, if he gets fit, and B, again, we're talking to be talking a big reduction of wages. And with his international profile, I'd imagine if he wants to, he could probably still get a fair I, whack somewhere I, else. I guess there's a, a bit of that, though, and he's obviously had some fairly big moves over time. Um, I don't know from a loan point of view whether he's ended up getting any loan move money. I don't even know if that's a thing. But if he's really settled in Bristol and money isn't the, I mean, money talks with everything really, doesn't it? But it isn't the big factor. Then I don't know. You know, I get, I get the impression with both him and Jay that they're both very settled. Yeah. Um, so it, it would depend what sort of percentage you're talking about. You know, mm. if he's on the rumoured 20 grand a week and you're talking going down to 10 grand a week, you know, no one's really going to suck yeah. 50% up are they so yeah I think with him is his fitness as well though he's yeah. not played much as in the last no. so again giving someone a new contract who's not yeah. played for the best part of 18 months put him on a reduced terms and then say right if you play 20 games then you get x x percentage or whatever yeah. get somebody who's going to play more often and give them that money there is that to it isn't it and, and yeah it's the sort of thing that yeah you know I mean, we saw what he's about at, at Man yeah. City he was brilliant yeah. Um, but yeah, and the same with Nathan Baker. Nathan comes back in on reduced terms. In hindsight, it wasn't a good move, was it? Because he yeah. didn't play enough before even the, the nasty injury. So yeah. Yeah, Callas is 30 in a month's time as well. So yeah. So this anyway. is probably his last big move that he could get. Um, you know, and you are talking what what do we pay for him? Eight million, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Which, you know, there there will be even if I'm a club like Burnley. You know, you might look at him and think we've got a, a Czech international there, which he still is. You know, it's it's worth a, a couple of mil or whatever it might be. So yeah. Okay, uh, thirty-six minutes. It's a neat move from Harry Cornick, turning and running at goal, taking it round his man, and then trying to create op- an opportunity for Andy Vyman, trying to thread him in. Um, Andy, do you want to take this one? It's it's it was something that you just. Wanted to see from Harry Cornick so badly, let alone what's to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just a nuisance, wasn't he? And I think Pearson said that before, didn't he? He's, he's a nuisance to play against. We've not really seen, I mean, we've seen that from, he's been a nuisance from our point of view, but not from, not for the other team. But uh, yeah, it was good to see him. And again, just that started again, the way he played on Friday, that bit of confidence, it makes all the difference, especially when you're new at a club and you know, the way you play for the rest of this game, or I mean, for at least the first half anyway. Um, yeah, it was just it was good to see. Because again, the longer it goes with him not playing well, you're kind of thinking, well, you want to give him the, the benefit of the doubt, but have we have we signed a dud? With our record, it's not unlike us to sign a dud from time yeah. to time. So it's good to see signs that actually we've got a bit of a player on our hands. So, Matt, what was the um, the look on the faces in Messers behind you, in front of you and beside you when Cornet did that? Um, I think, I think a lot of people, like Andy said, they want, want him to succeed. Um, and it is only those that, that ex- probably the, the modern day youngster, unfortunately expects every manager to, to, you know, win every game and every striker to score every goal, but. Well, um, and, and every player to hit the ground running. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, whereas, I think the realist amongst us can see that he's struggled early on, but he's a willing, you know, he's he's definitely trying. But I think he woke up a lot of people yesterday. I think a lot of people can see the value that he brings because he does bring a, a different physicality there to, to anything else we've got at the moment. He's not a number nine. 
but I think he's definitely a, a good, good squad option. Yeah. 46 minute, Cornick and Vyman combine, and it's Cornick who rolls the ball into Sam Bell's path. Um, he's well placed to slide it right footed into the net. Well deserved goal for Sam Bell and an assist for Cornick, Matt. Yeah. And again, another example from, from Cornick that he wants to score. Of course, he does. He could easily have taken that on as a shot, but it showed his awareness. And, and he played a lovely ball into Sam Bell, who can just run onto it and then put all the pace that he needed onto it. Thought it was a really, really good goal um, and a great finish from Sam Bell, which we know he's got, don't we? Yeah. Andy, some really neat touches in there, especially the little tap back into Cornick's path from Andy Vyman. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like watching watching that game in its entirety this morning, which is something I've never done before, not live. And it was quite weird because I knew what was coming. <laughs> um, but I just really liked the the way that because Middlesbrough were were looking dangerous. They were they were on top. Um and to get that goal, especially just before half time as well, and to not be given up and not be just watching Middlesbrough and all, it was um, it was great, great to see that goal go in just before half time. Yeah, I mean, it was that sort of half where we had the chances as it was going on. You're thinking we're going to regret missing these chances because you know what's going to happen, but they're going to score at some point. But they they definitely deserve. I think you know we we deserve to go in one that up half time, and it was good, like the like we said earlier with the the difference when. Vyman plays in that 10 role to an Alex Scott. Obviously, Alex Scott's technically he'll look after the ball better, but Vyman will do things quicker and that he won't come off probably 50% of the time. But it's just that difference in, you know, Scott, he'll probably try and hold it up or look for a pass or control it or look to gain the foul. Whereas Vyman was like touch, touch, and we're through. And in a team like that, they, again, we were pressing a lot because they had a lot of the ball, it, similar to the game on Friday, that team sort of suited the team we were playing against. So sometimes Nige, I think, will just pick a team and think, well, that is our best team to bury today without really taking much of a notice of the team we're playing. He always says, doesn't he, oh, we don't worry too much about tactics and we don't really worry about what the opposition's going to do. But I think that's the teams he picked this weekend suited the opposition, which yeah. hopefully that's a good sign going forward. But yeah, agreed. Halftime summary from Rob. A strange half. First 20 minutes looked like it could be a real high scorer. Plenty of openings for both teams. Then a sustained period of borough possession, albeit carefully marshalled by us in the main. Their left back and Akpom finding space more than others and carrying the most threat. Overall managed to contain and then great pressing got us a break eventually, ending with a cool bell finish. We'll definitely need to maintain intensity in the second half. And lo and behold, three minutes later, 2-0. <laughs> um, it's a, a shot from Sam Bell, right-footed, is parried by the goalkeeper. Comes to Naki Wells, he squares it across for Harry Cornick to tap home for his first Bristol City goal. And, and Cornick involved at the very start of that move as well, Matt. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, again showing his strength and 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 getting the ball out. Great shot from Sam Bell. Um, it was a good save and and Naki anticipated it. Could have probably gone for goal. Um, I don't think it was. I think he was looking to square the ball back and and obviously Cornick then able to, to tap it in, although Dangsy got slightly confused and, and gave the goal to Naki Wells. <laughs> Um, but but did then correct himself, so I'll, I'll forgive him that one. But the the the, the joke with it was is that then 
all the fans around me are going, yeah, see, it was Wells who scored. And I'm like, no, 100% it wasn't. It was Cornick. Wells crossed the ball. No, no, the ball the ball was already over the line. No, it wasn't. If you watch them celebrating as well, there was a little bit of confusion amongst the players yeah. as well because they, they were watching the screen, weren't they? I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Well, I guess I'm, in fairness to Dangsy, I'm, I'm at that end so I could see that it wasn't over the line and, and it was Cornick's goal. But really, I think we really... will be there to put it in, isn't it? Exactly. And really important for Cornick as well to, to score. Um, but, you know, Naki Wells, two assists, two games running, isn't it? So, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. 58th minute, Borough pull one back and it's across from Smith, which Bell can't quite get a block in on. Um, and Ramsey's diving header has power and hits the back of the net, giving Max O'Leary no chance, Andy. Yeah, it was one of those. One that if if we could have held on for sort of ten minutes after we scored that second goal, or 10, 15 minutes, but it was that it came so early. It was like oh, we're going to be in for. I, I was I watched earlier on the uh, the day. I watched the uh, Huddersfield um, Blackburn game. Obviously, one of the guys is on the show quite often. is a big Huddersfield fan. So they were two and a half half time. They conceded a goal immediately in the second half, and I said to him, "Right, you're, you know you're knackered now because the entire second <laughs> half was just wave after wave after wave of attack." So, um, yeah, it was one of those. But, I mean, they're a good team. You know, we got off lucky a couple of times in the in the first half. Mm. Um, but like you've already mentioned, he's I think he's on loan from, from Villa. Villa. Yeah. yeah. Keeps yeah. on loan from Man City. The fullback's yeah. on loan from... From Wolves, yeah. From Wolves, you know. The, the, the force, the other guy on the other side's on loan from Brentford. So, yeah, they're a good team, so... It was going to come eventually, but does does show the value of Lings because you know there yeah. are there are these really quality players, and that Ramsey is you know quality. They they also got Cameron Archer on loan as well, yeah. they, who came on. Um, but goes goes back. You got to shut the cross thing, um, and then we fell asleep. We we didn't mark him at all. I've I've not not overanalyzed it watching it back, but from again the far end, I was looking at it thinking the balls come across. And the bloke's headed it, and Max is still stood still. He's not. He's not anticipated a header to then dive, um, and it is, you know, or even I, come I, out to get a punch yeah, on it's it. Yeah, coming or... to. I, I mean, I, again, I, from where I was, I couldn't see how where the flight was for him to come and collect it. Mm. But certainly, I was disappointed that he he didn't set himself to look to dive when the header came in. And it is a question for me with Max, and I think it will be for a lot of fans about. Is he a number one? Is is a question, and I think you know we've both said we we think he is patch. Is it the but, pre- is but, it his presence that you're worried about? So for me, it's not having a number one battling with him for right, it. Okay, and I think therefore um, some of his performances, you know, I think it's, I mean for a lot of the games with us, he's been sixes. He's not making the save that wins you the game. You know, we talked about the Stoke save earlier on. I would expect him to save that nine times out of 10, you know, it was a good save, but a save he should make. I think the thing for me at the moment with Max, he's not making the saves that win you games. He's making saves when it's nil nil and, you know, early on or whatever. But I also caveat that by saying, I think he needs a number one to fight him for a place in the same way as Dan Bentley. When he lost form, someone came in. Max at the moment, isn't going to lose his shirt to Harvey, is he? You know, with the greatest respect to Harvey. Um, So, yeah. For Your me, it was the issue, always the issue between between the two of them. Bent yep. would always make those world class saves, and again, one of our powers on the podcast, the Wolves fan, and he said, well, "What's he like?" I'm like, "Well, he's all right. He's a sort of guy. If he comes on in a game, if someone gets sent off and he has to come on, he might have a worldie, and he might end up playing four or five games for you in the Premier League." Yeah. 
Yeah. But eventually, he'll he'll make an error in a game and it'll cost you three points. Uh, there may be games again where we will save you points. With Max, that kind of constant level, like with Bentley, Bentley may get some sevens, eights, nines. Yeah. But then he'd probably get a couple of fives as well, wouldn't he? Whereas Max is. It's one of those, isn't it? If you if you could take Nicky Meinper for coming for the class crosses, yeah. Dan Bentley's uh, shot stature. Yeah, Dan Bentley's shot stopping and and points that he saves you and Max's distribution. Um, you know, you'd yeah. have a hell of a keeper, wouldn't you? But sadly, that that now it works. This is fantasy football. Yeah, you need so. to think his distribution's good. He's a, a reasonable shot stopper. Yeah. Is he he's not physically commanding, is he? He doesn't seem like a dominating personality. I think obviously with the perfect goalkeeper, you're gonna get all of those, aren't you? Yeah. They they very rarely exist. No, that's right. But you need to be again, if you're only gonna have two of those factors, then you need to be really, really, really good at those two things. That that said, there aren't many goalkeepers in the championship that I would take over Max. No, um, no. You know, I mean I I look at someone like John Ruddy. Um, you know, Birmingham was conceding goals for fun. He's made a number of rickets this season. Yeah. Um, Tim Krul for Norwich, you know, similarly. So well, you no, know, goal not... difference is still zero, isn't it? Exactly. So I'm not not I am not being harsh on Max. I think yeah, he's just trying to you're just you know, trying to get to that next it, level. Exactly. Aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Even the best teams, what well, Burnley's guy is on loan from he's on loan from Man City as well, isn't he? Oh, is he? Burnley's goalkeeper, yeah. I think, yeah, at Murich. Yeah. Yeah. Sheffield United got Fodring, aren't they? Who was at Swindon years ago? He's not. Um, he's nothing particularly. He's not. You wouldn't have special, him, would you? Is he? Yeah, no. So. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Talking of goalkeepers, Ben Foster made out of a save, didn't he? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen that. I did. I did see someone because he made a mistake against Halifax. I think the weekend. Oh, did he? <laughs> and some someone had tweeted saying it's just a PR exercise getting him in, right? Because of because of his social media presence and stuff. And obviously, he's then ran that down the yeah, throat. So, hell of a yeah. save that was. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Okay, sixty-third minute. It's six minutes later, and it's two-two. City failed to clear the ball. Campering first of all, trying to scoop the ball out, which Andy Vyman can't get his head on. Uh, well, he can't get his head to direct it away from from tr- from trouble. Uh, Matty James can't get a tackle in, and then the goal scorer Crooks is in plenty of room to slot the ball home. Andy, so a uh, bit of a catalogue of trying to clear the ball and not not doing it. Yeah, I think Cam is probably at fault for this one. There's one of those which, if he does that and nothing comes of it, then nobody even thinks about that the rest of the games, are they? Because he did the little flick, which, you know, give the ball back to them. And then I think Crooks is probably his man as well. It's not a great combination altogether, but it was good to finish again. Yeah. It's it's that old adage, though. Sometimes just put your foot through it. You know, you you, you can't, at this level against opposition like that, you can't be clever like that. And and I don't even know, I can't think of any, any centre-halves, even the greats that would try and flick the ball over from their own penalty spot to the edge of the area like that. It was just poor defending from Cam. Yes, we, to be fair to him, I mean, I'm not trying to defend what he did, but there was a good sort of another 10, 15 seconds before the goal. So there were still other chances to yeah. clear. Matthew yeah. James, I to, think, to, could have got a bit touch tight. To, to compound it, yeah, he left his man as well. So, yeah, yeah. Cam, yeah. sorry. 68th minute, Conway on for Cornick and Naismith on for Andy King. And then shortly after that, Bell off and Mameti on. So those three changes, Matt? Yeah. Um, and what I liked about it, they were positive changes. Um, you know, Nigel Pearson, it would have been easy to kind of settle. Christ, we've been 2-0 up. It's 2-2. Let's let's just take the point and, and go away with it. 
but we weren't doing that. And Tommy Conway, when he came on, what, That's a player, what, what a player that lad is. I think undoubtedly he seems to have, and it, it might just be an age and a, a, just a, a progression of his, his growing up sort of thing, but physically he looks stronger. He's quick, clever on the ball. I thought he made a real difference when he came on. Um, Naismith probably needed someone just in his ear to say, after a couple of sort of passes, yeah, Carl, you get back in. Just, just, just play it simple, mate. Don't, don't go for the worldie because it looked like every he looked he looked like how I used to play. Everything he needed to do had to be something for the cameras, or was the the out of the world thing. And were the cameras that, there, Matt, when you were playing? Um, I'd like to see I'm some footage. To, I'm trying to think. Um, was, was Sky on that one game? I don't know if it was Sky or BT, but um, but do you know what I mean? It's a Tanta, it's a Tanta sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know that is Carl Naismith. You know, he and he, he did a couple of his Cruyff turns, didn't he, on the edge of the box as well. But there were a couple of times where he got the ball in the middle of the pitch, and and right hand side Conway made a great run. And he went, he went the other way or he went too far with it. And it just needed, I, I turned to Tree next to me and said, he needed someone like Matty James or Andy Vyman to go, Carl, mate, calm down. Just, just find, just feel yourself into the game. You haven't got to find that killer pass straight away. And we didn't. And so it was a little bit of a, yeah, not, not a great cameo from Carl. I didn't think when he came on, he gave the, I'd love to see the stats, but he gave the ball away an awful lot, didn't he? No, I think, I think, I mean, from that side, the thing we normally sort of praise him for, he wasn't that good. But then later on, he made two or three good headers oh, in the box. Yeah, and, and defensively, he made a yeah. couple of really good challenges. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Those yeah. three changes, though, just before they were they were made, watching it this morning, I was just thinking, how has this game ended 2-2? Yes. Yeah. Either they were going to get another one or we would make it, a change in, and get another one. It was very open, wasn't it? Re- like a really entertaining game. Yeah. Yeah. The 83rd minute, it's a Mehmeti cross deep to Vyman. He heads across goal, but it just evades Tommy Conway. So, Andy, 83rd minute, Mehmeti getting some joy, a decent cross. And, you know, you've seen Andy Vyman smash those in as well. Yeah, it was one of those when it was, is he sort of caught in two minds? What's he trying to do? He's trying to head it back. Is he trying to head it in? It kind of just fell in between the, the two. But yeah, it's good to see Anis because, I mean, like when he came on, the commentators, it's, again, it's different watching it on TV, isn't it? Because on TV, all the way through the first half, they're saying, oh, Bristol City, really good home record. I'm like, that's my source play at home, was ready. And I was like, that was yeah. particularly, uh, particularly great. But they were, you know, they were, and they were bigging up Mehmeti when he, when he came on, weren't they? And saying what a skillful player he is and what a threat he is. And uh, yeah, it just goes to show he can sometimes, like his crossings, I remember that first, the first one, of the first game he played, he put that cross in for Rob Atkinson, yeah. didn't he? Which he scored. Like and it a was, little scoop cross, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was like how's he even crossed it in from there? Um, so he's got it in him, and yeah, it was just one of those things with environment. It was like another day it might have gone in, but yeah, 87th minute, Matt. It's Mehmeti pulled back to win a free kick. James takes it, and Viner meets it about five yards out with his thigh slash stomach slash hip. Um and it hits the top of the bar. The keeper does get a touch, but yeah, you were obviously quite close to that one. It was hard to sort of watch on TV, and I don't think Zach will be watching it again. Well, it's funny because real time, it looked a bit of a kind of melee, and, and you see it hit the bar, and you're thinking, God, like, you know, what a chance that was. But then listening back, and I've not, I've not watched it, but my me, me brother who watched it said to me, 
how on earth did he miss that? Like, what what a chance. Um, and Zach had sort of talked about his, his um, what's the uh, the right word for his, how prolific he is, prolificism, something like that. <laughs> um, but was, was talking about how prolific he was because of his two goals in two years. But that could have been two and two, couldn't it? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and probably from, by all accounts, then should have been. So, yeah. I think Andy, being fair to Zach, it just bounced in a really weird position. It was one of those, I, I don't think he was probably expecting it to come all the way through to him. And then when it got there, it just kind of, yeah, if, if it would have hit his knee or something like that, he would have gone in. But it just got in a bit of a mess, didn't yeah. he? It's one of those, you're kind of, as as on TV, as the ball's coming in, you're almost stood up, ready to celebrate, because you yeah. assume it's, it's going to go in. Yeah. But somehow it's harder to get it over. It's <laughs> harder to get it over the bar than it was to get it in. But you managed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. 89th minute, a great save from Max O'Leary at uh, at the death, and then um, Wells comes off, and Omar Rivaldo Taylor Clark comes on that. Yeah, and and everything I've said about Max not earning you the points, but I guess he he kept us a point there, didn't he? Um, yeah, so too. yeah, um, and that, as you say, Omar coming on, which was a bit of a surprise because of, you yeah. Know, going off as early as he did you thought it was probably a bad one um and yet named named rivaldo because his dad liked rivaldo um, yeah. thanks to rich forrester for that bit of, yes. bit of knowledge yeah. um 92nd minute borough goal disallowed marginally offside but a great finish from archer andy and it was really marginal when you watch it back yeah 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 it was all those it was yeah because everybody sort of stopped and they put their hands up so yeah it was a good finish but he again he's a he's a really good player so yeah um and, to bring guys like that on yeah great goal sellout as well because he's not because he's Cameron Archer he does the old yeah old, yeah pull the bow and arrow out so that's all I was quite like that but yeah yeah um yeah I, again luckily I watched the linesman straight away so knew straight away the flag had yeah. gone up so yeah. yeah everyone else was like oh me mum's face when the goal went in I could see she was like can't believe we've chucked this away. And I'm like, yeah. man, it's all right. It's offside. Calm down. It, it would have been cruel, wouldn't it? It would have been cruel. Yeah, so it would have. We didn't say something that game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. That takes us to the end of the game. A, a draw, a well-earned draw. Obviously, it's never nice to be 2 0 up and, and draw a game, Matt, but you'd have certainly taken that at the start, wouldn't you? And again, you, you look at the opposition. Um, you look at where they are in the league. Yeah, they'd lost two sort of previous games and, and got a bit of a hammer in at Huddersfield. Although, uh, when you look at the stats, they battered mm. Huddersfield really, but lost the game. Um, but yeah, you know, someone has said beforehand, take a draw. Yeah, you would have done. Someone said to you, 2 2 in a really entertaining game. Absolutely. Um, so now I, I was again a game that I've gone away. This That's the sort of football I want to see my team playing. High press, you know, really intense. Um, and and some some real quality in there, yeah. Okay, right, Matt. Let's have a look at the ratings, unpublished ratings, unpublished for, uh, ratings. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, Max, I've gone six. Um, yeah, no, nothing more, nothing less. Zach, I've gone seven. I thought Zach had a, a good game. Um, you know, yes, there there were a couple of chances for Borough, but Max didn't have many saves to make, and they didn't cut us apart. A, a great deal, I didn't think. A lot of what Borough had was in the middle of the pitch. One one thing to call out, um, and I think the sub, probably because of Andy King's legs having gone a little bit, um, Housen was getting an awful lot of ball um, within the sort of last 20, 30 minutes, and he was making them tick. Um, and is the kind of midfielder that we need that someone in, in that creative part of the field is playing everything through. Matty James is great, but doesn't perhaps play the incisive sort of balls that Housen does. So 
Um, but yeah, I didn't didn't think they cut us open that much. So Zach, I went seven. Um, George Tanner, I went eight. I thought George was excellent again. Um, really good defensively. Arguably, yes, could could be partly to blame for the 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 first of the Borough goals with not picking his man up. But I thought generally again a really solid show from George. Cam Pring, I went six. Might be slightly harsh, but I I just make him really culpable for that second goal, which probably knocked him back from a seven. Um, Jay De Silva, I went eight again. Jay Jay probably up until maybe the 60th minute was my clear man of the match. I thought Jay was superb, but then probably the last 20, 25 minutes didn't have as much of an influence. Um, and, and someone else probably just shaded it then, which we'll go on to, but I thought it was another really good performance from Jay. And that's in his last, like I said, seven games, it's a six, seven, six, five, six, eight, eight. So, you know, he's showing that consistency. Um, Andy King, I went seven. I thought, again, it was a really good display from Andy King. Um, and makes you wish that he, he was 10 years younger um, because he's, you know, he, he's he's clearly a very bright footballer. He knows when to do things simply. He's very good at anticipating the ball. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good, good performance from Andy. Matty James just shaded it for me with him. Um, Matty, I gave an eight. Um, like Andy said, I, th I think you appreciate now with Matty James just how vital he is to this team and the way that we play. Um, and Nigel Pearson's been saying that almost from the get-go with bringing him in. Um, and I've definitely been a, a someone who's criticised Matty James, saying that he's too slow. And But again, I think his consistency over the last two months has been been outstanding. Um, Andy Vyman, I went seven. I thought it was a good, good game from Andy. Um, looked really at home in that position. Um, you know, and and if if Alex Scott goes, I'm not saying that Andy Vyman is the answer. He's a different sort of player like we've talked about, but we know he can play there. Spent a bit of time on Saturday, uh, sorry, yesterday rather, um, losing all track of days, with, with Eamon Benarus, who's, you know, hopefully will be back to fitness fairly early into the season. You know, Eamon can certainly play in that, that kind of role. So again, we have got those options, haven't we? Um, so yeah, Andy Seven. Naki Wells, I went seven. Um, much more on Naki Wells' performance, I thought, yesterday. Really kind of working the, the channels in and linking up well with, with, with Cornick, Vyman, and Bell. Um, Sam Bell, Harry Cornick, I went two eights for both of those. I thought both had a real influence on the game. Cornick, as, as I said earlier, showed people what he is about. But Sam Bell shaded it for man in a match. I thought Sam Bell was excellent. I think Sky gave him man in a match as well. Um, but I thought it was a really impressive performance from Sam Bell. Again, a youngster that, you know, you, you kind of forget where he is, A, in terms of age, but also where he is in terms of playing championship football. Um, I'd love to keep Alex Scott, but next season with a pre-season, and it seems the lads at this age, they get that growth spurt, don't they, through the summer sort of window. Sam Bell and Tommy Conway's, you know, Tim said it to us months ago, Patch, didn't he? Probably that a year they, ago, wasn't it? Yeah, probably was. That they're the future, and you can absolutely see that, can't you, with both of them? So it's great because yeah. it? we've heard that in the past that with players, and it hasn't yeah. turned out. And I can remember, you know, being on here with you guys and Matt saying he needs a loan somewhere. Yeah. He needs to be out playing somewhere in League Two or League One. Yeah. And you look at him now; he looks again against a team which is probably giving the playoffs at least next season. Yeah. He didn't look out of place. He's probably the best player yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. So that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And and we've got the likes of Sam Pearson 
out on loan doing really well at Wimbledon. Um, yeah. So it, it's there's a bit of me that you you kind of think, oh, we you know the squad's threadbare, and then when you look at it and you think, well. I don't know. Idahan had a really good game the other week for the under twenty ones, apparently. But again, with a summer preseason, he's you know he'll be another six months older. You don't know what that will do for these sort of players. Joe Lowe doing really really well at Warsaw, coming back having a good preseason. And let's not forget, none of us would have had Tommy Conway down his starting and being one of the first names you'd be looking at putting on your team sheet this season, would we? So you just don't know what that that summer could bring, do you? You have to also factor in. What formation do we want to play? We've been forced to play some of yep. these formations in the recent months. What formation do we want to play? I mean, will we see? We must see at some point next season Bell and Conway up front as a two, for example. Yeah. Um, Ideally, yeah. you have two or three formations, but that's what good teams do, don't they? Yeah, you can switch from game to game. In, in the past, I've been critical of Nige for sticking with formations if something's worked, he's stuck with it for months and months and months on end mm. until we're all tearing our hair out. Those of us that have got. But let's just say, right? Let's say next season we're just playing. Say none of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next season we're playing um, a team you would expect to finish in the bottom half. I, w- I won't mention any any teams, but <laughs> we're going to line up as we want to line up. Okay, yeah, we would line up different against Everton coming down or someone like that. But I get your point on that. But what formation? I, mean, I guess it depends on the personnel, but we've got a fully fit personnel. We've added a few players. What formation do we play? And we don't know the answer to that, but if it's two up front, which is my preference, um, then yeah, it'd be great, great to see. I, I think the the thing with the championship, I th- I think you've got to be flexible. I don't I don't think you can have a a mindset of I'm gonna play three at the back or five when you're you're out of the possession or whichever way you want to look at it. Um, or I'm going to go four four two or four, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that's when early on with Nigel Pearson, I think he was very rigid. There's no in in my mind, he, he's been a bit lucky this season in so much as he had to end up going to a four because of the players that we had, um, and that then worked out. But also, I, I'll still say it: probably the best game I've seen this season was Norwich away. And that was playing with the the three five at the back. So you know it's 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 knowing the players you've got. But Andy's point as well, having a look in detail at the opposition and the way that they set up and the players that they've got, does it make sense to have an extra body in midfield or can you go wide? You know, I'd like to think that Kane Wilson will come into the fray. You know, well this season a good full season and. Hopefully, a couple of games, you know, in the. I'd like to see him this season just to yeah. sort of see where he is. But yeah. He wasn't I even mean, on the bench yesterday, was he? No. No. We're lucky, we're lucky in a way. We've got a lot of players that you could start from one formation and then you could actually change formation without changing any of the players. Yeah. You've got obviously Naismith can play at the back. Everyone can play at the right back, yeah. as we found out <laughs> in the past two years. It's <laughs> an in- interesting one with Kane Wilson. You, you could easily see Kane Wilson going in the summer because really? there's, there's, well, I just think there's a bit that. Does does Nigel Pearson fancy him? Because he must be back fit now because he's been on the bench for God knows how long. So he must be back fit. And then in that case, you're thinking, all right, I'm not saying he's going to start over George Tanner because we've talked about how consistent George has been, but mm. he's not he's not getting any kind of looking and, and wasn't getting any kind of looking at the start of the season, really, was he? But, so, But George Tanner is doing everything we wanted Kane Wilson to do. 
Absolutely. But I think if you're Kane Wilson, who was the player of the year in mm. League Two, and it's a big leap, but there were a number of other clubs in for him, he's not going to want to spend next season not playing. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that one. Must be some sort of fitness issue or niggle or something, but yeah. You and, I think, so. and I think, like you said, a few times Nigel's got lucky. Pring wouldn't have come back in the team. He came back in the team when Atkinson pulled out, like on the yep. day. Yep. And he's been in the team ever since. Yeah. Um, Tommy again, Conway at the start of the season. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Th- th- I don't think we had any options other than in that cup game, no. match, did we? And not only, I mean, he, he the, the cup game was probably a bit of a free hit, but because he played so well, he kept his place and he has gone from strength to strength. So, yeah. Yeah. and Tano playing well these last few games on yeah. Saturday, how quickly he, he probably would have been off at half time if Sykes yeah. had been available. Sykes would have been back and right back in yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, Sykes coming back as well. He's not back yeah. next game, is he, or the week game after? Uh, it's four he was missing, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so he's not back for Watford, I don't think. No, I think you're right. Okay. Uh, Nigel Pearson, I don't think you've given us no. more. Nigel went an eight. Um, I thought two two really entertaining game. Played some really good football. So yeah, it had to be an eight. And a lovely little bit of control on the line. I don't know if you noticed it when he sort of did it. a little drag back with his foot. Um, no, actually, actually passed it straight to Michael Carrick. So yeah. Um, right. So Mid- uh, Middlesbrough. That's that game done. Uh, Watford away on Watford Saturday. Away. Um, Watford are three points above us plus two better goal difference. So if we win 2-0, I guess we go above them in into the top half of the table. Yeah. It's a tough, tough game. Our record there is not so great, is it? No. A bit, bit of hit and miss, isn't it? I mean, I've seen us win some great games there, but I've yeah. also seen us lose quite a Take few. Take a few poundings, haven't we, over the yeah. years? Yeah. Okay, I watched really. them on Saturday, and they were, look, first half against Confit, like world beaters, and second half, they were hanging on for a point in the end. So that sums them up, I think, there. They've yeah. got some amazing players, but there's something um something a bit odd there. Bristol City have won away from home at Watford 15 times. The last time was 2017-18 season. Um so yeah. We shall see what happens. How did we get there. on last year? Obviously didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. No. Um no. What, uh, yeah, in terms of personnel for Saturday, Matt, obviously Naismith is available. Do you start with the same team? Do you bring Naismith back in? Whether it, Does he play in midfield? Does he play in defence? So I think if Naismith is fit, I think Naismith is better starting than coming on, like like we saw the weekend. Plus, I also think from an Andy King point of view, you know, three games in, in quick succession might be a bit too much. So, so um, Naismith and James yeah. in the middle. I, yeah, I would go that, and and I think if Scott and Callas are available, then both would come into the bench for me. I, I wouldn't start either of those. Okay, so you still have Bell, Cornick, and Vyman with yeah. Wells up top. Yeah, it would do. Yeah. Okay. All right. We shall see. We shall see what happens. Um, yeah. So it's been a bit of a longer episode today. So hopefully you're still with us. Um, and yeah, thanks so much to Andy for for coming on and. The, the the Bang Bang podcast is returning with more episodes soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're back every Monday now for the next two or three months. So don't be put off by the, the wrestling talk, guys. Uh, gen- <laughs> genuinely, the first sort of half an hour, would you say, is just general 
general banter, which is often very amusing. It's a normal. It's a bit of chit chat, and we normally talk about music from a certain pe- time period as well. So there's there's enough. That's a, there. bit, that's a bit like there's um, enough for everybody. That's a yeah. bit like the the music and memories podcast that will be coming back in the, oh, okay. in, in in the the close yeah, season. Yeah, it's funny yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah, it does <laughs> ring a bell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I can I just say as well, Patch? Um, I know a couple of days late, but belated uh, happy birthday wishes from the the three peeps to Johnny Watkins, former player. Um, 90 years young. Um, what an incredible man. Um, I mean, sharp as a tack. Um, just a, a really nice gentleman as well. So really nice to see him yesterday. And um, Eamon Benarish presented him with a shirt. Um, I know a lot of his family and friends were there as well. Um, Paul Cheesley spoke with him. So yeah, it was really good to see him. And props to Eamon, as I understand it. He learned, you know, read up on Johnny Watkins, didn't he? He did. A, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, really, and another one, really, really nice, intelligent young man, Eamon. So, yeah. yeah, it was good to see. So, yeah, again, more more great work from the former players. And it's it's great, like you said, they're all, all these young guys coming through. I mean, you guys have met most of them. They're all seem like really top, lovely guys uh, as well, you know? On, Honestly, I mean, Patch, Patch sees them more than me, but yeah, the likes of Tommy Conway, Alex Scott, Eamon, Sam Belt, they are just yeah. great lads. Not not pretentious, Patch, are they? There's no airs and graces or, you know, look at me. And and I can think back to some youngsters when I was following City as a kid myself that were young and thought they were the big I am and nothing like that at all. They yeah. They just want to play football. Right, lovely stuff. Roll on to Watford then. We'll be back on Sunday at some point with the podcast for that one. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC and also give at Bang Bang Podcast a follow as well. And a listen. Matt, have you, have you listened yet, Matt, to any episodes uh, so, of Bang Bang? Yeah, I have, I have listened to one, but I make a promise now. I will go back and listen to this week's and I will listen from this from thence on. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, listen to, listen and to you the can even you can even test me and in the WhatsApp the next okay. day. Right. Listen to the WrestleMania one, but even if you just listen to the first sort of twenty minutes, some of the stuff right. that Steve comes out with. Oh my god! Yeah, the, the gritty yeah. gave me though. You might want to. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's not really family friendly, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um and yeah, so playing us out. It's the Shucks, but it's a new track. It's called Whiskey Four, and it was actually number one in the UK country charts. Am I right in thinking ago. you're going to see them? I might be. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. get. I'm trying to get along. They've got an an uh, an EP album launch at the Thunderbolt on the 21st of April, I believe it is. So yeah, on the uh, on the Bath Road, yeah. Yeah, if anyone wants to get along to that and support the Shucks, a local Bristol band. Um, and if you want to hear more about them, I did a podcast with them a few weeks ago, so check that out. But yeah, playing us out, Whiskey Fall. We'll be back soon. Cheers, everyone. Take care, all. Bye-bye. I'm drifting along it's a one-way road Just like the tumbleweed Or a standing stone Far away from the city Time.
turning